0: You
1: don't say computer, you say oh
0: my what God. do you say, Marco? What do you say? Uh, yeah, no, let's say. let's move
1: it to Spain because Spain is to <laughs> one. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. And the voice of the Pyro, here. Another episode with the secretary of the Pyro, one of the most important person in the MIR as well, Anna. And today we, we got, hi Anna, by the way. Hi Anna. Hi. Hi. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about experiences in the practicing language/slash linguistics, these kind of things. And uh, by the way, Tom, what do you think? Yeah. What, what, what do i think oh, um uh, how's your banana
2: oh uh, the banana is really good uh, it's about 75 percent eaten and um it's uh it's 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 yummy um I, i'm eating a banana for everyone because i am the monkey from the joe rogan experience podcast <laughs>
1: okay. and, uh, yeah let, let's start then with the serious topics so what's my first question how's your relation in general with languages like do you like learning languages are you curious about learning new languages are you curious in the, knowing the rules behind languages so what's your overall like uh, relation with learning a new language in general generally speaking
0: sure um well, first, thank you for having me this morning. It's bright and early. It'll explain why Tom's eating a banana because we're sort of semi having breakfast still. Um, but that's a good question, Marco. Good way to start off. Um, it's funny how you ask about my relationship with foreign languages. Um, I actually have a particular um, preference for learning languages, whereby I don't learn languages for the sake of learning languages. They have there's a, there's a function in every language I've always learned. So um, being able to speak Japanese, I had a motivation for being able to get there on exchange. Um, I had every intention of reading a lot of my dad's old materials. My dad learned Japanese when he was um, in high school and he went on exchange as well. So I basically just walked in his footsteps. He lived in Osaka for a while and I went to Nagoya for like a little bit, but um And then with German, um, well, incidentally, uh, the University of Melbourne didn't offer um, Swedish anymore, and that was actually my primary goal um, because my dad's family are Danish. Um, and I thought, well, the closest thing the uni has was Swedish, but then they got rid of Swedish, and I was like, well, the next closest thing is German, because German's just at, like, the bottom of of Denmark, and so uh, I picked up German for that reason, thinking that might be kind of interesting, but um, for me, it always had some sort of purpose or function. It wasn't just for the sake of learning the language, if that makes any sense, and I kind of think that's a really healthy way to start learning a language is if you can think of the reasons why you are learning one, not just for the sake of, Oh, I love languages and I love learning them because sometimes you don't realize how much work that is once you get into the thick of it. And if you are being assessed for it, and I know you, you both, um, are, we're doing units, language units at the university. When you get assessed on them, it's not, sometimes it can, you know, teeter between not being as fun as it first was when you started. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Um, I did a little bit of linguistics in the past, but my bread and butter is Japanese and German, other than English. So, yeah.
2: Why was it that the university got rid of Swedish? Because I didn't even know they had Swedish. Um.
0: Yeah, um, I, I just think they weren't getting the numbers anymore, uh, perhaps. I'm not hundred percent sure myself. I didn't ask. I just I had to make a quick decision and I went straight to German just to
1: <laughs> maybe no this question is a bit trivial, but why didn't you choose since you have Danish background, why did you didn't you choose Danish instead of Swedish?
0: Danish is uh, sorry,
1: to... yeah. Oh.
0: So, yeah, yeah yeah, the yeah, opposite. yeah. No. yeah. Yeah, no. Danish is hard to. No, you're all good, Marco. It's um. It's, it's morning. Dan- sorry. No, it is. It's bright and early, everyone. Um. No, yeah. so Danish is. It's a hard language to come by, f- like if you're learning it as a foreign language it, when you're outside of Denmark. Um the Danes are sharp people you know they start teaching their children in kindergarten how to speak English and you know funny enough when they when they do engage with people outside of Denmark you know English is 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 a a staple for them they're they're actually quite competent with English and I think they don't often see teaching Danish outside of Denmark as perhaps as lucrative as as other countries might consider their languages Um, I remember someone told me in Copenhagen that, like, That's <laughs> them, for anyone who's uh, not quite <laughs> there with the accent, they they were um, they told me like they considered Danish kind of a dying language <laughs> because there's just there's just not real. It's 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 used like sure in Denmark, but um, English is still used quite widely as well. Um, so. Yeah, it was just hard to come by any of those resources in Australia. Uh, and being taught Danish in Australia is again very difficult to come by. You're better off trying to like find someone who is Danish and get them to privately tutor you, whereas like you can't find formal lessons or anything. So
1: same thing yeah. with the Norwegian. Many, for yeah. example, they stopped like they stopped translating movies, so they just broadcast movies in English because like the very large majority of the population speaks english fluently so there's mm. no point anymore they just put subtitles that's it so yep. yeah yeah and, and they record. they think that is like a dial language because everyone can speak english like very fluently. yeah
0: yeah and the, so. the, the only difference though is with, with swedish that's a di- slightly different story you're more likely to come across formal lessons for swedish I'm not 100% yeah. sure why. Why does that Swedish in particular is the one Scandinavian language that you can yeah. come across more easily? I don't know, maybe I, it's a more populous country, but...
1: Yeah, I think because it's a more populous country. And I think Sweden has been very influential in the last uh, three three centuries, like, mm. maybe also for historical reasons. Like Yeah, but I don't know. Like, I'm not sure. Yeah, I am no, not sure. So um,
0: and you, Tom? Sorry, yeah, it's gonna, no, no, you're fine. I, I, I was actually about to ask, because I know Tom is itching to go, because I know he's got some foreign language experience.
2: <laughs> My entry into this whole world has come from a similar place to Anna's, but with a few differences. So, uh, like, like Anna, I guess I learned um, at least some of the languages that I've looked into for a specific purpose so Chinese was learnt very much for a specific purpose and that was broadly speaking because I, it feels like half the world is Chinese especially at Melbourne Uni and I wanted to talk to that second half of everyone um, and not just talk in English to actually like understand them better and understand their society better. I think I'd made up my mind years before I started it in uh, first year undergrad that I would be it's at least at some point making that visit to China or to places that speak Chinese whenever um you know the, the world allows. Um, so it was very much on the priority list. Now prior to that I'd done German throughout high school. And the reason here wasn't so much because I needed German for something or because I wanted um to like go to places specific specifically that were German but because my grandmother was from Germany, is from Germany, she, uh, she's still still kicking. And I realized that when she passes away eventually, there will be no one left in the family, the entire family that speaks German, except for the extended family in Germany, but they're pretty separate at this point. So I figured it'd be good if, if at least someone can continue that, that heritage. So there was a bit more of a cultural reason for learning German. Now, I have to disclaim here that she spoke, well, she spoke German with a Bavarian accent and a Bavarian dialect. And then I think she might even have spoken Bavarian, the language Bavarian itself, maybe. I'm not too sure. It could it, have just um, been...
0: That's an interesting uh, point. It's, it's, it is just a dialect, so to speak. Um whereby you just make some substitutes with certain words, pronunciation is slightly different. Grammar can be kind of mixed up, but it's it's not 100% a completely different language. Oh, uh, uh, my understanding
2: uh, was that there was both Bavarian, the dialect, and then there was also this, like, um, not very widely spoken language that still existed, unless I'm getting those two things confused.
0: You, oh there's just to be honest there's so many dialects once you go yeah. um sort of across the, the the south into uh like into Tirol as well when you cross into Austria, Austria anyone with like a particular Austrian dialect is quite fascinating as well I yeah. went to a, a um a uh it was it was a it was a Ritterspiele, so like a sort of like a medieval festival (laughs) in in Tirol and um they were like there were narrations of like stories and like all the presenters had such an interesting dialect I just I had so much trouble trying to understand them but that was uh that was very early on in like my more advanced German experience I have to say but and then there's um uh, Switzerland. So, like, when you go to Switzerland, they've got their own sort of dialect too. But funny enough, between sort of Bayern, uh, Austria, and and Switzerland, sometimes I feel like they can somewhat understand each other a little bit better than um everyone else in the north. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, I, I hope I'm trying to explain how that sort of works there with, with with German languages. Yeah.
2: So I've I've never actually like known much about Bavarian. Um, beyond the fact that it sounds funny so um, I guess that would just need some more research if there actually was a separate language of like that you know called Bavarian or whether it's there is only a dialect yeah I thought I think, it was yeah. there was actually two two different things but I could be wrong
0: the dialect itself basically is like another language though like okay. in essence it, it's it's like technically speaking it's a dialect, but it just sounds and feels like an entirely different language. There's okay. there's a lot of um, Catholic influence there, I think, and um, it's got everything to do with 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 the village, with with home. The home is the home. <laughs> so um, yeah, uh, it's it, it could get I could get I could get into a lot more detail. I learned linguistics whilst I was on exchange in Germany, and um, I Good wasn't place very place to learn linguistics. Yeah, I wasn't good at it, mind you. Um, at that point, like, I realized I was in quite over my head with, with, with um, learning linguistics in German, in Germany, so to speak. Um, but I was lucky in that in high school. If anyone's done English language in high school, best English subject, in my opinion, um, it gives you almost a preliminary foundation for any, like, first-year, second-year uh, linguistics spoken in English or taught in English, I should probably say. So, um, and in I mean- second year,
2: they made constant reference back to English language. They said, for anyone who's done English language and I'm thinking, am I schooled enough for that? Yeah. <laughs> it's but a the great- The we I, had was the OSCLO yeah. program. But,
0: oh, yep, 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 yeah. No, but if you can, um, I'm speaking to the high school students out there. If, you, if, if you're choosing this for VCE or you're about to make your choice, choose English language. It's amazing, <laughs> um, but- yeah, no. So, I, I, I have to say, like, in like, I, and Marco might be able to speak to this a little bit too, because um, Marco is doing our Masters of International Relations with the rest of us, and being able to use a language that's not his first language at a high academic level can be somewhat stressful sometimes. And Marco's done pretty well, I have to say. I'm giving you credit there, Marco. Yeah,
1: it's <laughs> a really that's good brief. I'm surviving, you know. But like sometimes, I feel like also the language we use in writing essay is different from the just ordinary language, general language, you know. So the thing is, people can specify on certain kind of languages, certain typologies of languages. So I noticed that there are many people that are very, their level is very high in terms of academic English, but when they have to have a general conversation, they make many mistakes. So I think it's very important also to identify the facets of the language and how language is used in different cultural contexts as well. I think you're
0: right, Marco. There's a bit of a cognitive dissonance between how people, process the spoken language versus how they process the written language i actually find that at the end of the day the spoken is always that much harder people have to be quite um if, if if you if you've ever done like drama class i never did i don't i don't recall ever doing drama i feel like it was something that was omitted in class but doing like improv is like the innate talent you need to have when you are like speaking a foreign language and being able to just like and, just think on the spot, whereas writing is yeah. is is premeditated. Uh, you can go back and work on it. Yeah,
1: it also depends on what kind of language it is. Of course, I think, generally speaking, many languages have this difference between academic language and general language. But I think especially English, because English is a a very uh, popular language and it's. Uh, Honestly, I think it's the most spoken one in terms, especially for second, uh, as ESL, so as a people, as a second language. So it's very contextualized, so every, like, Australia speaks its own English, England speaks it o- its own English as well, so it's very hard because it has, I think, like, there's a general English we can, which can be academic, but at the same time, there are many Englishes that have been developed throughout the world, you know. So it's that this is why it's very hard also for non-native speaker to understand because everyone have their own accent, everyone have their own dialect expression as well. So um, I think it's kind of harder to had a proper conversation with native speaker for like a student from for for a second language student rather than writing an essay because you know that when you know certain terms to use you you are done you know you have done the most yeah go ahead sorry
0: no I was actually going to follow up and ask um because I'm curious what you'd say Marco but hypothesize for me here if you had gotten um an offer to study in either the united kingdom or in canada or in the united states as well as australia and even new zealand they're all sort of um the the major spoken language is english there do you think your english would have been better in any one of those countries if not australia
1: no i don't think so i think it (laughs) would have been the same I mean, but fr- frankly speaking, like the way you write an essay in the UK, the way you write an essay in the US, the way you write an essay in Australia is for 80% the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the way you slang with friends is completely opposite. Yeah. You know? So th- this is what makes difficult for non-native speakers, you know? Mm. Also having a conversation, I mean, your English level is is very... I would say mild in terms that they completely understand you. But if you go really on the streets, you can hear so many different accents, so many different dialects, you know, in Australia, (laughs) you know, and it makes it so difficult, you know, because you can't set, you can't be accustomed to a certain dialect, to a certain way to speak because it varies a lot in this country, in my opinion.
2: Marco has also uh, learned over the years a very um, bastardized version of Portuguese known as Spanish. Marco, why did you learn Spanish?
1: So, uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it was easier to learn Spanish. Like the the answer is fairly easy because I was studying by, by high school, I'd I ha- I did my high school in Italy, and uh, during high school in Italy it's unlike Australia. You can't choose child subjects, so you can choose the school, but you cannot choose subjects. And the school and the school I enrolled it had Spanish, so I I needed to study Spanish. I couldn't choose, and then uh, I liked Spanish because. It's a Latin language as well. So it's very similar to Italian. And uh, also the conjugation are fairly similar. Also, Spanish culture is kind of like, it's very similar to Italian culture as well. As well, like I had as well uh, friends from Spain. So, you know, I continue speaking Spanish, even though the level taught in high school wasn't great. I could, you know, keep up. And then in the last three four years i stopped studying spanish because of like because in my undergraduate i never studied spanish so i completely stopped and then i said oh why not like as a student of international relation my I can be good also have uh, like a skill set in terms of linguistic ranging from italian to spanish and english so my goal is to have fluency in all three languages to make me more flexible in terms of also looking for a job and also if you speak Spanish you possibly can go to all Latin America and Spain. So Except for Brazil. We, we have to blame the, Tordes, the Tordesillas Treaty between Spanish, Spain, and Portugal in the fifteen hundred <laughs> that they divided South America. So that's, what, that's why in, the, in the Brazil they speak Portuguese, because that part has been uh, located to the Portuguese Empire. Uh, apart from that, so yeah, so basically there's not a reason why it chose Spanish. Like they imposed me to study Spanish. This is one of the biggest drawbacks of Italian school, but I don't want <laughs> to open this thing. This because otherwise I would stop at in two hours, and and then I I I kept I kept studying it because you know like it's uh, very similar to Italian as well. Some rules are very similar, and also it's very convenient as well because. Like, I think he's uh, one of the top three most spoken languages in the world as well. Boa. Boa. (laughs) And also I studied French in the, it's called middle school because in Italy we have primary school, middle school, which is in between the first and the secondary school. And secondary school, I studied French three years in middle school. But I don't I do remember anything.
0: So yeah. I think I did a little bit of French like French private tutoring for a while in in I'll call it
2: middle school as well because ah, we had middle another school, bastardized we had middle version school. of Portuguese. <laughs> that's, that's just the joke is that every Latin language ever is a bastardized version of Portuguese. Every language in the world comes from Portuguese. Yeah, that's the that's the joke. <laughs>
0: Yeah. i so want to correct you so hard on that but North for the Island, moment.
2: <laughs> portuguese everywhere yeah
0: oh my god this is triggering trigger 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's okay that's okay um no i actually appreciate marco's point about being forced to learn languages um because that's something that in a lot of anglo majority speaking countries you get the opposite argument whereby um Young people aren't exposed to as many foreign languages as they should be, thereby kind of disadvantaging them in the future. Um, in contrast to a lot of other, maybe I'll just I'll I'll, I'll stereotype, but most other European countries, they prioritise learning foreign languages at a very early age. Then in Australia, you don't start learning anything until maybe about in, year nine, year in ten. In Asia as
2: well, like in um, funny that the first Asian language I started learning. And this isn't one that I continued. This was more just like I did a bit because I, like, wanted to kind of, I don't know, know the place a bit better. It was Filipino when I went to the mm-hmm. Philippines. Uh, I, I can say the phrase for I have your toothpaste. It's, that stuck with me. Was, um, is this
0: in, like, Tagalog? Or... Yeah,
2: yeah, in, in Tagalog. Nasa Aki toothpaste more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so the reason that, hey, what was I saying? Oh yeah, yeah. So in the Philippines everyone is like trilingual just by like, or at least bilingual. They, they will all know English, they will all know Tagalog and then some of them will know Spanish as well. So yeah. yeah, you're you're at least bilingual and some of them are trilingual and it's just it's just the way of life and I'm thinking their brains must just be working at a greater sort of pace more yeah. being more rigorous than a lot of Aussies where you speak like you don't even speak English. You speak Channel Seven Footy Show English. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds so demanding.
1: Oh yeah. my god, it's so true. Is it true? <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> Channel Welcome Seven Channel Footy 7.
1: English is not English. It's another <laughs> when you when you listen to them speaking, it's not English. Turn like on on Channel Seven, Dusty's got another specking Yeah.
0: Specker's Um, hand. ham i don't know what else to tell you (laughs) that's what i first interpret but um
2: is dangerfield going for the brand low not too sure (laughs) some random footy footy references out there um and yeah like in in australia you do have uh primary schools that do have like compulsory um second language ones in back in the old days at richmond primary school uh we all learnt (laughs) greek because Richmond is a very Greek area. So, yeah, it's just weird to think the first, second language I spoke was Greek. Um, that is so interesting. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. I can still read the alphabet, like, a little bit, but I forgot um, pretty much all the phrases and vocabulary. But those who spoke it, like, legit were Greek people. They were the Greek kids who had yep. um, their Greek family to speak it with and to maybe even, like, them into greek school and stuff in fact i'm pretty sure a good few people had greek school to go to whereas it's very hard when you're a kid in to to learn a language through just doing it for like you know three hours a week um Mm. whereas uh those who are fluent as kids usually have it in the home so when they're like really really young like you know they are just learning their first few words They'll have fewer words than other kids there at, at their same level of development because those words will be divided between two separate languages. You know.
0: You know, it's it's funny you bring that up because it wasn't until quite recently. I say quite recently, I'm thinking like maybe within the past six, seven years. Yeah, the 2010s, um, yeah. Yeah, 2010s-ish, I suppose. But um, prior to that, when it came to foreign languages in schools, the sort of um like the, 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 before students take that particular subject in school, they met, they now do like a pre-assessment sort of assessing what languages are actually spoken at home and whether or not that might actually create a particular advantage for them. But if it's too advantageous, they usually can't take a lot of the language units at school. Um, um because it would distort their results in, in in general. I think they've put a lot of caps on. I think the one language is Mandarin in particular in high mm. school has been has been capped and is quite like strictly assessed in in high school. I remember that became a case. I had this one friend who did um like external, Chinese out, outside of, because our school didn't teach Mandarin, but a different school did. And he sort of outsourced to that different school. And he found that when he got there, he was one, the only non ethnic Chinese student. And, and two, everyone else was brought up learning Chinese, or they, they learnt Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was like, okay, this kind of puts me in a very difficult position. <laughs> um, not what well, he, he gained from the exposure. But the assessments were weighted against everyone else in his class as well is, is I, how I think I remember him telling me. But um, it just made him feel very uncomfortable for a while. Um, and that's just a, that's, that's like, like the, the, maybe like um, the, the mild effect. I think um, sometimes when you get such variance between students within a particular class, that can actually cause some issues with other kids wanting to, improve their language learning skills there were um, definitely
2: it kids in high school who were from a mandarin specifically a mandarin speaking background that did uh, level three four vce chinese uh for those of our listeners who are not familiar with the, uh, victoria's school system uh vce is the um the thing you need to get to uni basically it's years 11 and 12 so one two subjects a year 11 three four a year 12 basically
1: yeah Um, by the way how completely bullshit is this system how is this (laughs) completely like
2: it's the kind of thing where they don't seem to have an alternative but no one likes it anyway it's like
1: what why why if you didn't do this kind of school you can't go to uni I mean, I think yeah. from a European perspective, it's it makes completely no sense, you know. Not like I see all yeah. discrimination. Yeah, it's so discriminating. It's because I uh, think. What,
0: oh, uh, to sort of help answer your query, Marco, the idea with like the uh, doing those two le- like levels of high school and get it and doing the like, um, because in America, they do SATs atypically, like that's kind of their mainstay, isn't it? And that's actually done outside of high school, you get a high school diploma, but SATs are taken outside of school, so to speak. So in Australia, you're your SATs are sort of integrated in the school curriculum so what you do in school is what you get assessed in order to get into university so they kind of try and bridge it that way but it's only useful if you want to get into uni straight after high school you can just not do the exams get a high school diploma take your time do whatever you want and then perhaps en- enroll at university as more of a mature age student but you only you can maybe take a gap of two or three years work do another certificate do another course but you make a good point Point in that in australia marco a lot of people in australia put pressure on doing those two last levels of school yeah to get into also
1: eating. i heard that it depends also from the school only because you are rolled in certain school you have more points than others
0: oh is it, okay is it
1: true that is for the that, ATAR, was true i for, think
0: yeah that was true for me because i went to a high school that was regional So um, Melbourne Uni has a particular program um, whereby if the school is considered regional or rural, so it's considered to perhaps, or it's implied that there are less resources, um, you have to travel a lot. They sort of like try and consider other discretionary factors into why you might not have good results (laughs) and thereby they lower the requirement for you to get into university. But I have to point out that the school I went to was, um, how should I put this in the, the, the nicest possible way I can? It was a bit of an ATAR factory. I don't know if that's a, um, in a good way. It was a great school and I loved it and I had a really fun time, but there was so much pressure to get good results. And the school was very, um, very public about how they knew they were producing good ATAR results. Like it was it was what they were identified as being in the town, like in the city. It was just... That it, it, it yeah I, I think um that might help explain a little more Marco but a bunch of a bunch of things can be factored that reduce your ATAR level um to get into uni I think so I don't know if that makes sense.
1: And uh, moving on, like from like a school perspective to a more broad perspective of learning languages, do you think, guys, that your opinion? do do you agree that learning a language is a way to learn how another culture works or you disagree yes
2: yeah, yeah. 100% yes.
0: definitely i would not understand anything about germans if i didn't um, have their language to to understand their thoughts, um, because translating. What if, if someone in Germany spoke to me in English about a matter that I couldn't understand, I'd only be getting half the picture. If they were ex- explaining it to me in German, I feel like I'd get so much more of the the logic. And I use that word "logic" because that's the first word, the first adjective I think of when I think of the Germans. But yeah. um, the, the logic, the perspective, the the inference, the nuance, just the thought process behind how they um, associate cognitively something with something else. Um, you don't get that through translation into your native tongue. It just it, it goes missing. It disappears. And the same with Japanese, especially
2: sounded like you were going to elaborate on that a bit more, but then that oh, was just there. I could, um, uh, because I've,
0: I've spoken so much in German, but I've neglected Japanese. Incidentally, my spoken Japanese is better than my spoken German. But That was um,
2: another thing we were going to bring up was like, mm-hmm. how are we still doing with these languages at the moment? And like, do we get to use them much? So um, I guess mm-hmm. to sort of cover both things at once, um, uh, Japanese and Japanese society, Um this is sort of a thing uh, just without any language where you have the culture encoded into it, as in the words have certain meanings that their translations or counterparts often don't have. Sure. so you'll you'll have a um, I'm just thinking of of, a, of an example here, and I can't think of one specifically, but you'll like, yeah, you'll have words that uh, in the dictionary, are the equivalents of each other a word in japanese and a word in english or just a word in the other language and a word in english but then the connotations of that word in the other language are not the same as the ones in english
0: yeah, yeah. no because it's it's all dependent on how a society develops itself language is only born through a society that's still living which is why i kind of think maybe latin should have stayed dead to be honest <laughs> because if you've marco, got <laughs> yeah. No. yeah go marco
1: no you go sorry i'm sorry for no no, no. well go.
0: i i guess because i mean the thing about and and this is not meant to criticize the japanese in any way whatsoever but Culturally and and so and sociologically, they are still somewhat isolated, even in the 21st century. I I remember um, going uh, being in Japan, and I know this this is something that some people still criticize. Like the, a lot of Japanese still criticize this um, that the foreign language learning aspect in Japan is still pretty pretty poor. And I think um, uh, there's there's so many studies that go into how Uh, English typically is the language that they start learning when they're in school, but how English could be taught better. It's taught just to pass exams. It's because it's in the curriculum. It's taught just to get a good result. You only really learn how to write in English. And um, I mean, this is a big generalization and not every school in Japan's like this, but I find in general, um, they're not taught how to speak English. They're taught how to write so they can do the exam but they don't do oral exams like we do in australia for example like in australia our um vce well this is just victoria but i think it's for every other state too at least Um, we have to do a written exam and like a 15 20 minute oral exam as well they test that we can actually speak the language that we've been taught whereas yeah i think um in, in japan it's it's a very different story but to sort of not segue too far tom um i think the yes, fact right. that... this is
2: sort of a prequel to a later podcast we'll do uh, on okay it's, it's sort of on the on the list for later is oh, um, okay cool, cool, we, cool. we do want to oh, do a japan cool. podcast and maybe get some uh, a plethora of japanese and kind of um japanese knowledgeable guests on that doesn't really make sense
0: yeah. no that it, i get it but <laughs> it's still it's still breakfast time so we're allowed to not make yeah. sense we've made it the challenge in trying to do a podcast so early in the morning we're actually testing our own speaking skills if, at this if english
2: was an agglutinative language that is what it would have sounded like No. <laughs> <Probably like, laughs> okay. yeah just just shove all those words together into one massive word
0: no that's yeah. true but um I, I think in general though th- like japanese society is so um it's, it's very accepting of things that happen outside of itself, and they like to integrate through a very Japanese perspective. That's why they have a completely different, like, um, uh, sort of alphabet system for adopted terminology and adopted words and adopted mm. ideas. So they have a very um, fixed lens, I find, on, on how they see things outside of them, and they adopt them and they let that shape their language on the inside. Like, you talk to any young, maybe um Japanese person in in like Tokyo or Osaka in some major city metropolitan area like you bet they're probably gonna you're gonna recognize maybe some odd sort of English words there that don't exactly sound like English but they sound really close and I think that's got everything to do with the fact that they're very like adoptive still um and uh, it's it's I find that quite fascinating um so it's a very active and like ongoing language in terms of its development um Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know if that helps sort of.
2: That <laughs> does. Um, yeah. And one thing that both uh, look at my knowledge of Japanese is still very elementary, um, but I my knowledge of Koreans um, sort of a, a bit more in depth. And one thing I, I believe about both languages is that the way that both societies think and as well as that, the structure of their languages from a syntax perspective, um, Syntax is, of course, like the study of grammar and language structure. Um, it's, it's so so different to English that in order to... It's like in order to this sort of like um, uh, paradox where in order to understand how these societies think, you need to know the language. And in order to know the language, you need to know how they think. Um, yes. And uh, just a little fun fact about like loan words and words coming into a language... Of course, Anna, you know the word arbeiten, arbeiten in German for like to work. Um, In Korean, that has come into at least South Korean Korean as Arubaito, which means to have part time work. Uh, Yeah,
0: it's it's the same in Japanese. Arubaito is like part time work.
2: Um, Oh, maybe it came in. Actually, there's a good chance then that it, and I'm trading on some. sort of contested historical um uh, memory sort of area yeah memory um yeah. historical memory but um it, it is known that there is words in korean from japanese due to the occupation um mm. largely in pusan and the the city yep. that's on the southern coast um i think the older generations still use either speak japanese or they use japanese mixed with their korean um yeah but like yeah, during um, Japan's modernization period, just quick history lesson, uh, the Meiji Restoration, they had advisors and kind of experts from Western militaries and Western mm. countries um, to come in to sort of like help modernize Japan. And Germany was a big player in that. The, in yep. fact, I'm pretty sure the entire sort of political system was sort of based off Prussia and the, or the, the, German, the German Empire. not not the whole political system but elements of it uh
0: to some extent yeah yeah Yeah, no i get that i was we've been talking so much about asian languages marco i know you're doing arabic at the moment
2: this has been part one of the two-part languages in life with anna please tune in next week for part two you're listening to the voice of empyro